That's the worry train. Alright, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not adding it. I'm not adding it in. I'm not going to add it. You're listening to Good Reporters Podcast, encouraging you to use your platform and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, because good reporters bring good news. Hey everybody, what's going on? It's your boy Chris Edwards, aka Young Christ Like on social media. And today, we're going to have a little conversation about something that I think is attacking a lot of us and just kind of invading all of our houses. And the word that I'd like to talk about today is worry. Episode entitled, The Worry Train. I really probably did a couple of outtakes trying to do like a chucka, 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 chucka sound. And it just sounded completely silly. So I'm just going to completely not put that in there. Um, But you guys get the vibes. You understand what I'm talking about today. But today we're going to talk about the worry train. Uh, The worry train just being this thing that kind of lugs everything along with it. And worry being the leading uh, driver of this train. And it kind of takes us away from purpose, kind of takes us away from uh, the natural feel of things. And it kind of takes us into a place where God really doesn't want us and the enemy loves us to be. And uh, so I, I kind of just want to talk about a few things that had to do with worrying, uh, a few things that honestly have been pretty real to me and kind of a revelation too at the same time of um, what God showed me just in my time alone with him some time ago. Uh, so today we'll start off with two scriptures, uh, very famously known scriptures too, um, being Matthew 6 um, and and Luke 22, I mean, excuse me, and Luke 12. And in these two chapters, the Bible speaks super in depth about worry, why we shouldn't worry. And a lot of people know it, you know, don't uh, the like the Matthew 6 version where it speaks about don't. You know, don't be worried and, you know, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat. You know, don't the birds do it? You know, you know the birds, they fly in the sky. They're good. Uh, they're clothed. I mean, they have food. They could eat. Uh, the lilies are clothed better than Solomon. You know, just paraphrasing here. This is Chris's uh, definition of how the Bible went. Um, but yet yeah, we all know that scripture and we know it pretty well. and We can recite it a lot. Uh, but the reality is when it comes down to it, a lot of us forget it. You know, a lot of us forget it, and the enemy does a great job uh, of trying to push that into our minds, trying to stop us from remembering how important it is not to worry, because worry, man, it takes us so far. And so I'm kind of going to, I don't know if everybody knows, but the similar scripture that's in Matthew 6 is in Luke 12. And so I'm going to look into my handy dandy phone right here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's back. And I'm about to look at Matthew 6. And we'll start from... We'll start from Matthew 6, 24. No, no, no. We'll start from Matthew 6, um, yeah, 25, I guess. 25. All right. All right. So we're going to go from Matthew 6, 24, uh, all the way to about, I guess, Matthew 6, 34. So 24 to 34. So. Um, It says, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? I would underline that one. Uh, that's Matthew 6, 27. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? That's a great question to ask yourself. And if the answer is no, 
Um, and we got to see what we can do with worry. But let's continue on. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. See, as I told you, it was in here. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles is enough for today. And I know I was like a mouthful. I read a lot, but we're going to come back to it. So that's Matthew 6. Um, and now we're going to go to back to the handy dandy phone. And we're going to go to Luke 12 and we're going to read from Luke 12. Okay. And so Luke 12, about 21, 22. So it says, then the disciples turned to Jesus and then turning to his disciples, Jesus said, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food to eat or enough clothes to wear for life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Look at the ravens. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for God feeds them and you are far more valuable to him than any bird. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Here we go again. And if you worry, can't, and if, and if worry can't accomplish a little thing like that, what's the use of worrying over big things? Just a little bit more context in this one. Uh, look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the flowers that are here today uh, and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And it goes through the same thing again. And it gets back down to about 31 where it says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock. For if God, if it, if for, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasures for you in heaven and the, per and the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Okay, so that's like another mouthful right there, but I'm sure a lot of people didn't even realize uh, that that scripture is actually in the Bible. Like that scripture is there. Um, not just Matthew 6, but also Luke 12. And those both had the same exact message for the most part. But one thing that a lot of people don't realize is a little bit of what precedes those scriptures. You always got to pay attention to the scriptures uh, that you're reading, but also pay attention to what precedes it or even what uh, what may come after it. And so before that story, Jesus, I mean, before that, that scripture, Jesus tells a, a story, a parable to his disciples. And this is in Luke 12. Um, and it starts from it starts from Luke 12, about 16 to about 21. And so it says, then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Excuse me. He said, then he said, I know I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friends, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. And that's Luke 12. Now, I kind of just want to stop for a second and talk about this. For me, when I was reading the scripture, I'll be honest with you. I think we're all humans, right? And I think that we all have a human moments every now and again. And when you're reading these scriptures, it's kind of hard 
sometimes to, to, to relate to it or to, to believe it or to agree with it when you're in the midst of it, right? When it's kind of just like, you know, give all these things, you know, give and it shall be given unto you, you know, uh, uh, don't worry about these things and all of these promises and all of these, uh, these, uh, things that God requests of us. And we kind of read it and we're just like, yeah, like that sounds good. But then when it happens, like worry starts to come into, into place. It's hard to hear that. Like, yeah, you know, the birds don't, you know, they, they fend for their own food and stuff, but like, God, like that doesn't really make, how are you going to do that for me? And even more human for me, I kind of was looking at it and I was seeing him talking about this guy having this, like the parable and this this guy uh, who has all these things and he's just like, oh God, you know, let me just, you know, I'm going to store my things up and you know what, in fact, what am I going to do? I'm going to make more for myself. And then God's like, no, but don't do that. And like, excuse me, Jesus is like, don't do that. Instead, give those things that you have. And then for me and my human nature, and I think a lot of people can get to this and a lot of non-believers also say this about the church. They'll be like, what do you want from me now? Right? Like, what do you want from me? Like, what do you, like, you're asking me for money now? Like, oh, so I got to give money. And, you know, a lot of people, there's controversy. Oh, I don't believe what the pastors are doing with the money. And, you know, you're just giving it to a man. And there's so much unbelief in that direction and in that area. And then when the Bible talks on stuff like this, it's very sensitive. It's such a sensitive topic. People are like, are you kidding me? Give more money. If I have stuff in my storehouse, why would I have to break it down and give it to other people? Uh, why would I have to pay to the church? Why, what is the pastor doing with the money? And all of these things, that's the human side of reading these scriptures. And so you're like, why, why are you telling me not to worry about things? But at the same time, right before that, you're talking about giving. What's all this giving stuff? You know, what can I get? What, what can I receive from relationship with you? You know, you're telling me not to worry, but right now I'm having real problems. I'm having real issues. I'm having real worries. And you're talking about giving? Like, what does that even mean? And so that's, that's an interesting thing to think about. Why would, you, why, would you, why would you begin with talking about giving things when right now we're going through problems and we're worrying and we probably don't even have enough and we feel like you got, want us to give? Why? Like, I, I'm, I'm like, let's say somebody might be living check to check. And they're like, oh, okay, I'm reading the scripture about don't worry. But then they read right before and he's saying, don't store up all your things, give it away. How does that even make sense? So that, that's a good question. And we're going to go, what we're going to do right now is we're going to go to Matthew's, um, Matthew, excuse me, Matthew 6. And we're going to read the scripture that precedes the same one that everybody knows. The same way that we were just reading it. You know, all these things that you're doing. What did Jesus say uh, before that scripture? What did he say before? Don't worry. Um, and let's do that. So we look back up here. And, all right, and he says in chapters, we can start from 19, chapter 6, Matthew 6, chapter 6, excuse me, Matthew's chapters, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, uh, we'll start there and we'll go down. So it says, don't store up your treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal and where thieves uh, break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and, and thieves do not, okay. And these do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Underline that. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. Um, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. This is why I tell you not to worry about everything. And so it goes back again and it goes to that same um, scripture. And think about that again. Before we're talking about not worrying because people don't really 
per se connect worry to money and having to give to others or not holding on to their possessions. It's like, why are you talking about that before you're talking about worry? And it was a revelation. It was kind of just time with me, with God and myself. And I kind of was just sitting there like, God, I, I'm trying not to worry about certain things. I'm trying not to. And I spoke to my girlfriend about this earlier today. I was saying, you know, we have so many things like what's not to worry about in this world, right? With human eyes, what's not to worry about? Like we have relationships. If you have relationships, you're worried about if it's going to work out. You're worried about if the person loves you enough. You're worried about if they're cheating. You're worried about, and I may not be everybody, but some people are worried about that. You're worried about if it's going to work out. You're worried about how their family feels about you. You're worried about everything. If it's if it's about jobs, you're worried about if you can keep it. You're worried about if they love you enough to, to keep you. You're worried about if you're going to get fired. You're worried about if you have enough money to, to make it meet. You're worried about if you're going to be living check to check. If it's just real life, you're worried about if you're reaching out to your friends enough. You're worried about your family. You know, the list goes on. What's not to worry about? And if there's that much, that many things to worry about in the world, what on earth is it that a solution to not worrying about these things has to do with me giving away my stuff and not storing up my money and storing up my treasures? And I'm asking God, I'm like, that doesn't really make sense. Like, what do you, what do you want from me? Like, what, like, is this like a, like, now I start getting so human, start thinking, does somebody human write the Bible and all they wanted was for the people to give the money to the church so that the money could be inside the church and people could have it? And now, you know, they're just like, it's just a plot and a way for them to have more money. That's human. I'm being real. But no, God made it very clear and very plain to me. The reason why he asks is, excuse me, whoa, (laughs) the reason why he's asking uh, for those things. It's not so that he can take from us, like, what do you want from me now? But it's what do you want to give to me now? And God is saying, if you could release these things, like, I'm not saying just have money and give $100 away if all you have is $100. But if you have $100 and your mindset at least is of the mindset of, you know what, I'd give it away if I could, or I- I'd give away 90 and I'd live off the 10, you know, that you don't have to do that. But at least if your heart is in that, pos- in that posture, you live a different life. You live in a way where you don't worry. Most of our worries, of course, come, like I said, come from provision. Can I provide? Can I do this? Am I running check to check? If I'm living this way and real life, the reality in it is if you could release those things because we trust in God, right? We don't trust in banks. We don't trust in money. I said it before, like if God wanted to, he could put a million dollars in your bank account. But some people, he won't put a million dollars in your bank account because you get that million dollars and you forget about God. You know what I mean? You get that million dollars. I'm going to plan a church. You get that million dollars and plan a gym in your house and then use the rest on buying an island. You know what I mean? And like, and God is just like, I can do these things. But no matter what, like I don't always do it or I won't do it. Uh, because it's not necessary or it's not helpful to your spiritual growth, but God could do it. And so if you believe that, you truly understand that, then you understand that the world, the earth, and everything is in God's hands. So what he's trying to say is forget about the money, forget about the clothes, forget about the girls, forget about all the things that you're trying to, to store up and think that this is the way that you could find some real human, human wealth for a human purpose, because reality-wise, it has nothing for you. God has everything for you. And God is in control of everything. And so here's a here's a couple of things. I'm about to go into my handy dandy phone again. And so the three things, there's three things that God is trying to give us when it comes to this. One thing that God is trying to give us in order to release the worry and the reason why he's asking us to give is, is for three reasons. The first thing is going to be peace. God is trying to give us peace. And you're wondering, how is he giving us peace by giving up my money? If I don't have money, I have less peace. Truthfully, Give and it shall be given unto you. That's a real thing. That's a promise. You know, press down, shaking together, running over, back in good measure. <laughs> you know, like that's a promise. But if you're so 
close knit to your your money, your things, that you won't give them away because you think your values in them, then you don't truly have true faith in God that you can just let it go and it'll come right back. It'll always come right back. But if we have peace in those things, when we don't have them, our peace is gone. But if we have peace in God, like he's just trying to get us into a mindset of giving those things so you don't hold them. Where your heart, where your treasure is, your heart is also. So if your treasure is in finding the love of God and the peace of God and letting God provide for you, then your treasure is not in the money you have. And then therefore your heart's not in the money you have. And therefore if you lose it or if you give it away, you're not losing your mind because your treasure wasn't there. Your treasure and your heart is in God and God provides. So therefore he's trying to give you peace over these things so that you don't have to live a mindset that says, if I have $100 million, I'm good. If I have $20, I'm not good. You know, if I if I have 15,000 subscribers and if I have a verified check on my page, then I'm good. Well, you can't live in those things if you live in God. And if, you, if your peace and everything and your treasures are built up in, in, in the kingdom, then all those things, they can come and they can go. And that's the peace he's trying to give you. So that's one. Two, he's trying to give you assurance. Assurance. Write these things down. One, he's trying to give you peace. Two, he's trying to give you assurance. Uh, and assurance that these things truly do not matter. Assurance that these things truly don't matter. If you remember the story that was the one that preceded Luke 12, um, well, that that was in Luke 12, it was the story of a man. And he said, I got all this money. I got this storehouse. I got all these things. Oh, what am I going to do? I have all these things in the barn. What what can I do with it? I know. I'm going to break it down and make a, I'm going to make a bigger barn so I can store more of my things. And Jesus said to him, you fool, you're going to die today. Then what? What you going to do with all those things that they really don't matter? Because if you're not, if you're not here, then what? You just have all those things inside of a place that you can't even use. So truly it doesn't matter, but there's a false facade created by the world, created by the media, created by everything that these things matter so much. So if we don't have them, we feel like we're not living our best life. Our our wealth and our, our happiness and our health is associated by the things we own. And Jesus is trying to say, if you could just have the mind, now you don't have to give all those things away, but just have the mindset of giving all those things away. Have the mindset of being free to just let them things go then I can give you assurance that these things truly don't matter. That's two. And number three, last but not least, he's trying to give you freedom. He's trying to give you freedom. Freedom from that mindset. Freedom from the traditions of this earth. Freedom that says the money that I have is the money that I have. Glory to God. The things that I have is the things that I have. Glory to God. Be happy, be grateful, be blessed. Don't give it all away. But the mindset that you could have that it, if it's here today or if it's not here today, doesn't really matter. It's just like uh, um, the scripture that said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Why? If you read what, what goes on before that, because I've lived, I've, I know how to live off of everything and I know how to live with absolutely nothing. And because of that, no matter what way I'm living, no matter how much I have, no matter if I don't have enough or if I have too much, then I know that I'm still okay because Christ who lives in me it's, 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 it's a given. Like I can live, I can do anything. That's the freedom. That's the mindset that you need to have. So today we're talking about the worry train. That's the point. The worry train. If we keep on holding on to things of the world, mindsets of the world, traditions of the world, it gets very, very difficult. Very, very difficult to trust and truly have faith in God. Because our treasures aren't in him. Our treasures are in the world. And 
you know, that's just kind of what I want to leave you on today. I didn't want to chat too long, but that's a good revelation. You have to pay attention to the scripture and not just read the read the scripture and say that was good. You know, don't worry because when it hits, you're gonna you're gonna remember the scripture, but it's not gonna have meaning to you. It's just gonna be like, don't worry. It's gonna be empty words to you. But allow God's word to transform your heart, to transform your mind. And so I also have one more point, um, because what we what we start to do is also that we don't spend time with God in the midst of everything. That's important. <laughs> like, like, can I, like, can I just keep that simple? Uh, that's important. A lot of us just want God, and this is me too. I'm not even going to be just talking to you because there's been days lately in all transparency where I feel like I've needed to spend time with God and because I've just, just life, like nothing, nothing bad even has to be happening. In fact, certain things are probably good at happening. And you're just paying attention to your life. You're thanking God in the morning. Thank you, God. Spending a little bit of time and going on about your day. Didn't really pray. Didn't really sit down. Didn't really spend as much time. Maybe you read a scripture, but then just went about your day. Things start to look a little bit tougher. Now you're starting to worry because we're not rooted in God. We're not rooted in that relationship. That relationship doesn't feel the same because we haven't been spending that time. And for me, I can speak that because I, I wrote this because of that. Because there was a point in time, like about a week, just like, recently and then everything that happened with uh, our friend Danny and just kind of hearing, I, I realized that I didn't quite spend the time that I needed to with God in the midst. I was actually being a coward in a way. And that's full on transparency. I didn't spend the time that I needed with God in the midst of my day or in the beginning of my day. I still spent time with him. I still prayed. And some things I felt like I truly went through the motions, but in the beginning of my days, I needed to spend more time with God than I believe I did. I needed to spend more time. I did. And because I didn't, a lot of worry came in in my life and then it also trickled into the other things I'm trying to do and all these other things. And because I wasn't centering myself and getting to time with God first in the morning and just speaking to him and letting him talk to me, letting him guide me, it was worry there. And I had just, just a quote and a thought. You can write this one down as well. Worry only resides where God is not. And you are always there. So God's always there. Let's get that right. God is here at all times, omnipresent. You know that God is always there. And so what, how does that even make sense? Worry only resides where God is not. And being that God is always there, how is it possible that God cannot be there? Here it goes. Worry only resides where you are not, where God is not. Right? In fact, let's make this into a proclamation. Worry only resides, so we're talking about God, where you are not. And you are always there. But if we fail to acknowledge you to us, you are not there. And that breathes room for worry. And so I'll say that again. Worry only resides where God is not. And God is always there. So, you know, that's the truth. But if we fail to acknowledge God, to us, he is not there. And therefore, worry has room to reside. And that's just the truth. It's just like, look, that's like, and here's an example. It's just like a relationship, right? Any relationship. You can have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And yeah, the person's alive. But if you're not spending time talking with them, if they're present in life, but if you're not spending time talking to them, if you literally haven't spoken to them, to you, they are not present. Because they're not present in your life. Some people have fathers, parents that are just alive. They're present in, in the world. But due to the fact that they don't connect with them or the father or they don't, whoever doesn't connect with whoever, the person isn't present. And they're not present in each other's life. So you could be present on earth, but to them, they're not there. 
And due to that, there's no relationship. Same thing with God. Due to the fact that we, we fail sometimes to get to him, even though he's always there, he's always around us, to us, he's not present because we haven't spent time in getting that relationship and connection together. And when God is not present, worry is present because we then start resorting to everything else. If God is not, if we're not spending time with God, we're spending time with the world, ourselves, our friends, our family, not negative things. But it's hard not to see worry when we're leading ourselves with the, with the world's worries. And so that's just something I want to leave you today on. Don't get caught up in the worry train. If you've been in the worry train like we all have, like I've been, let's get back on it. And let's spend some time with God consistently. And let's remember also to release all of those things that we're trying to hold so tightly onto that promise us peace, promise us freedom, and promise us assurance. And so don't forget to be a good reporter because good reporters bring good news.